Good morning. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 and find verse 10. Hope you'll also find your listening guide and follow along as we study God's Word together this morning. Inside, as you came in rather this morning, I hope that you were able to pick up from one of the ushers the prayer guide for the Watchman Prayer Ministry. That's what we're calling that wall back there. You're a watchman on the wall as uh, you're helping us to build a wall uh, of prayer for our church, um, for family members, for our nation, just a whole list of folks. And and these are just suggestions to help you. We've asked you to take uh, an hour and sometime in that hour to pray for our church, to pray for our 40 days. But this is a ministry we're hoping that you're going to commit to ongoing. And I say ongoing, maybe it'll last until Jesus comes again. I hope it will. Uh, as we realize that this needs to be a way of life for us here at Seminole First Baptist Church, that everything we do is undergirded in prayer, and it, and it begins from the launching pad of prayer. And so that's just a suggestion for you that you might utilize in your prayer time. Um, my hopes and prayers that you're going to begin to grow and that that, that hour is not going to be so hard and so intimidating when you think about praying for an hour. Well, we didn't ask you to pray for an hour. We just take time in that hour. But I'm hoping that you can grow and that whole hour be spent in prayer so that ultimately we'll have 24 hours of prayer going up all the way uh, throughout the week, um, uh, 24-7 throughout that week, praying uh, for our church. And so I hope you'll take advantage of that and utilize that. Um, Give us some feedback on it. Is it helpful? Is it not? What could we add to it? But just to give you some ideas of some ways that you can be praying uh, during that time. I want to thank... uh, Lori Harper and Jill Peake, uh, the two ladies who work in our office, uh, they undertook the, um, our presence over at the Seminole Recreation Center on Friday night, putting a booth together for us, making s'mores. And as a matter of fact, they, <laughs> from the time they got there till the time we shut down, they were busy making s'mores uh, there, and it, it became a big hit uh, among the people. Folks were uh, really amazed. They said, s'mores plus candy. <laughs> so they couldn't... <laughs> Couldn't imagine we were going to do both and, but uh, it gave us a good presence there and helped us make, a dif- uh, make an impact there in the community. I'm hoping that as a result of that, some folks are going to come tonight to our trunk or treat. It gives me also the opportunity to say thank you to David Peake and uh, to uh, Caitlin Harper, who also uh, participated on Friday night, and also Barry and Patty Dennis that also were very helpful. They were there the entire time as well, helping us uh, in, in that effort. Um, but also give me a chance to say something to you as a church family. When we began to realize we had two big events that are going to require candy on the same weekend, the question was, can we do it? And the answer is, not only can we do it, we're going to have candy enough that for the next five Sundays, you're going to get to have candy on the way out the service. It's going to be... <laughs> that might have been an exaggeration, but not much of one, okay? There's a lot of candy that... Uh, that was collected during that time, and we appreciate that. Um, they prepared for 1,500 children, and we had more than enough candy coming back <laughs> from, uh, from Friday night as well. So we're, we're, we're in good shape. Hey, let's take your listening guide, and let's follow along this morning. As we've been thinking about 40 days of prayer, and, and I, hopefully you've been participating. Hopefully you've found a small group that you could be involved in. You've uh, taken advantage of our uh, devotional 40, um, I love to pray, utilizing that during that time. I, I'm afraid we don't have many copies left. 
Uh, we might have some. You might see Lori after, uh, after the service at the welcome desk. She may have a few more of those left, but um, I, hope, I hope you're using those and utilizing those. Now, we're at week five, just to help you realize where we are. So you're going to be in week five, beginning with day one tomorrow. Um, in that next week, not today, not, ne- not, not this week, next week, next Sunday, you're going to begin to jump, you're going to go and jump to, to week eight. We're going to skip six and seven, and then you can pick those up on your own after the 40 days of prayer. But we've just felt that this was going to be the best, uh, best for us this time. Um, next week, we'll begin to think about uh, well, the difference that prayer makes. And um, I'm excited because next Sunday morning, we're going to have Mark and Kathy. They are missionaries. Um, because of where they are in the world, I can't tell you where they are. I can't give you their last name. But some of you have met Mark and Kathy before because they've been with us before. You might even remember them from the times when we could tell you their last names uh, because they've moved around. Uh, God has moved them in different places. But anyway, they're going to be with us next week and uh, definitely worthwhile. I've asked Mark to talk to us next week about the, di- the difference prayer makes in his ministry, not only as he himself prays, but also as you and I pray for, for Mark and for Kathy. And so I know you're going to want to be here next week. Um, Mark has never been, a, you know, let us down when he's come and shared. If anything, we, we just walked away just excited about what God's doing in the world. And uh, Mark has a great way of sharing that with us. You'll want to be here next week for that. Um, but this week we're talking about making prayer a, a way of life. And that goes back to our theme verse, which is be devoted to prayer. Uh, that's it. Be devoted to prayer. Stay alert in it with thanksgiving. Prayer devoted. That's what we want to be as a prayer devoted church. And the only way we're going to be a prayer devoted church is if each and every one of us makes prayer a way of life for us. This morning in Life Group, uh, you watched the video and the the speaker there talked about um, prayer as a way of life. And we want to talk about the question of why. Why does it need to be a a way of life for us? Why do we need to be devoted to prayer? And there's a lot of good things we could say about that. Um, one reason, and probably ought to be the number one reason in, in our minds, is because of our relationship with God. Uh, if you're not communicating with somebody with whom you have a relationship, that relationship is going to suffer in some fashion. So you want to communicate. And so that's the number one reason, because of the relationship. We can go on and talk about out of that relationship you want to be obedient to God. Um, out of that relationship, you want to honor God, and prayer does honor God. We, we go to him and say, you know, what we need, you the one that has that. You have all authority, all power, you're willing, you're able. And so we go to him and we ask him, and God's honored by the fact that we come and ask him. We also, it's closely related to that, is the fact that we pray because, and, and need, be, need to be devoted to prayer because we are, we are dependent upon God for all things. Um, one other reason that maybe you don't ever stop to think about, but it's very real, and I'm sure Mark and Kathy can give us some, some, uh, some experience, of, uh, some word about this and testimony about this next week, is that prayer is one of the ways in which we co-labor together with God. In the second chapter, uh, I mean the first chapter of 2 Corinthians, uh, in verses 9 through the first part of verse 11, the Apostle Paul writing to that church said, Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still 
deliver us. And then he adds, you also helping together in prayer for us. In prayer, they were not only helping Paul, they were co-laboring together with God, is what he's saying. That your prayers just joined with what God was doing. The mystery of God, why he chooses to work through the prayers of his people to accomplish his purposes on this earth, but he does. And you know what? It's a gift of grace to us that he allows us to do that. Those are all very important. Each one deserves its own sermon. Unfortunately, it's, only, it's 40 days of prayer, not 175 days of prayer, so that we won't be able to go to all those reasons. But this morning, I want you to think with me about one more reason. One I think is very real. One I think is very practical. One I think is very important. And that is that we need to be devoted to prayer. And it's necessary because as a Christ follower, you are at war. Whether you realize it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are engaged in a great cosmic conflict. The forces of evil, headed by Satan himself, are in opposition to what God is doing in the world, but God and his forces are very active in the world today, and there is a conflict that's going on, and you are caught up in that conflict as you seek to follow Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word, beginning with verse 10 and chapter 6 of Ephesians. We'll read through verse 18. I want to invite you to join with me that we might read it together in unison. The words are behind me on the screen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girt your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. Let's pray together. Father, we come this morning asking again, teach us to pray. Father, teach us and press upon our hearts the necessity of our devotion to prayer. Father, for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of your kingdom's advance, for the sake of our brothers and sisters in Christ, but Father, also for our own sakes, as we face a great spiritual battle every day that we live. Father, open our eyes. Teach us this day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you are at war. 
Satan has already marked you out. You have a great big target on your back. He wants to keep you from growing up in Christ. If you are already a Christ follower, he can't, can't take away your salvation. But boy, he can make life miserable for you. He can do everything he can to cause you to stumble and fall, which is, of course, one of his, one of his great purposes. But, but in that whole process, you and I are caught up in it. But here's the good news. As we face this battle, we're not ill-prepared. God has given us everything we need to face the battle. Do you remember the second Gulf War? And do you remember when, uh, after that conflict had begun and they were taking territory in Iraq, that um, the word came back from Iraq that the soldiers were not being um, given the equipment they needed, the, the armor for the Humvees that they needed. They weren't properly armed. And, and, you know, what a, what a great shame that was upon our nation and upon that administration because that was taking place. Well, here's the deal. God has given you the, 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 the equipment, the armor. He's given you everything you need in your arsenal so that you can face the battle that's before you. And that's why we need to be devoted. We think about all the armor of God that he's given us. Sometimes the most overlooked piece of armor is prayer. Stop and think about it. We glorify all those other pieces and we talk about the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, oh, the sword of the spirit and all those things. And then kind of leave off the praying part of it. And yet that's a, a vital piece of the armor. Why? Why do we need to be devoted to prayer? Well, notice number one, be devoted to prayer so that you can stand against Satan's attack. To stand. At the end of the battle, you want to be one of those that's standing. In Paul's day, warfare was hand-to-hand, eye-to-eye. You, you saw your opponent, and you looked your opponent in the eye. I guess the only exception would be the archers. They could shoot their arrows from a long way away and never have to look eye-to-eye into their enemy. But, but if you were a regular soldier, it, it was hand-to-hand. You had sword, you had dagger, you may have a club, but you were going at it face-to-face. And the last thing you wanted to do in that battle was to lose your footing and fall. To fall was almost certain defeat and almost certain death. Only those soldiers who stood at the end of the battle were victorious. The rest of them had fallen in battle. Satan loves to cause saints of God to fall morally or to fall into sin and nothing makes him happier when he hears that that's that he's been successful in his efforts but God's plan and God's purpose is that you would stand and so God provides you with the spiritual armor now Paul's just using a metaphor here to help us understand something of the necessity of some of the things that God has given us he begins with the belt of truth why would he begin with truth and why what because Satan's greatest weapon is what? It's the lie. It's deception. And so when you know God's truth, you'll be able to recognize the lie every time. You take the, the, from the belt of truth, you go to the breastplate of righteousness. The righteousness that covers us is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But that righteousness also makes a difference in our lives. It's because of his righteousness that we have any chance of being righteous ourselves and living righteous lives. Satan's goal is that our lives would be characterized by anything other than righteousness. 
And so God wants us to stand in, in righteousness. He gives us the shoes of the gospel, of, uh, of the preparation of, of the gospel of peace, which is just another way of saying we stand upon the firm foundation of the gospel. Uh, those shoes that they wore those days, those sandals, actually had little knobs on the bottom of them to help them to dig in, sort of like football cleats. You had to dig in, and it kept you uh, able to stand in the midst of the battle. And uh, the gospel provides us that firm foundation from which we might stand. He also talks about having the helmet of salvation. I mentioned in the first service that when I was in high school, one year, I, because I played football, and in between seasons we had to be involved in some other sport, that left everything because I couldn't shoot the basketball if I had to, and I, uh, you know, just was not a track star, and so that meant wrestling was the only other option for me. And so there's a bunch of us that wrestled because there was no other option. Um, but one of the things we learned in wrestling, if you control your opponent's head, you control your opponent. It's the same principle for riding horses. That's the reason you get that bit in its mouth. You control his head, you control which way he goes. Well, you control your opponent's head. The helmet covers us. Salvation covers our way of thinking so that we begin to realize, number one, we are saved, have that assurance of salvation, uh, but also it makes a difference in how we're going to live our lives and how the decisions we're going to make. With that also, we're given what? We're given the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And listen, the Word of God is the truth of God. It destroys the lives of Satan every time it's tried. But as I said before, the one arsenal, piece of the arsenal that we tend to overlook is prayer. Prayer is how we prepare for the battle. Prayer is how we find strength in the midst of the battle. Prayer is even, as we sang this morning, how we... Take, take, take up the, uh, the gospel armor and each piece put on with prayer. We dress ourselves in the armor of God through prayer. We need prayer that we might be able to stand. And so having understood that prayer becomes really vital to us in our facing the battle, being able to remain standing in the midst of the battle, we need to understand some of the truths about prayer and how we practice that prayer. So Paul tells us, that we need to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And so you need to allow the Holy Spirit to enable and empower your prayer life. That's what he'll do. To pray in the Spirit means that you're enabled and led by the Holy Spirit. Remember, we don't know how we ought to pray as we ought. And so in our weakness, God comes alongside of us through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit now becomes our guide. The Holy Spirit stirs up our hearts and how we ought to pray. The Holy Spirit leads us to pray the things that are on the heart of God so that as we're praying, now we're praying within the will of God. Um, it becomes vital to us as we understand that we're just not smart enough, we're, we're not disciplined enough in and of ourselves to pray as we ought, to pray for the things we ought. Uh, so therefore, we've got to depend upon the Holy Spirit to enable us in our prayer life. You know, somebody says, well, I want to be a better prayer. And so we're going to look at more techniques. We're going to look at more ways of praying. We're going to pray longer. We're going to pray. And all those things have their place. Please understand. But basically, you will never be any better in prayer than you rely upon the Holy Spirit to enable your prayer, to energize your prayer, to lead you in prayer, to direct your prayer. Everything comes out of a dependence upon the Holy Spirit for that time of praying. 
So that as you're praying in the Spirit, everything else we're going to talk about is going to fall under that umbrella of praying in the Spirit, of allowing the Holy Spirit to enable and empower your prayer life. So as you're doing that, Paul tells us that we need to bring all of your life to God and bring all of God into your life. As Paul says, praying always and with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying always or praying on all occasions. Or as he wrote to the Thessalonians and said that you need to pray without ceasing. Or as another translation is, pray continually. That prayer just needs to be just bubbling up out of our all time. And if the Holy Spirit's in us, it will. Because the Holy Spirit's going to keep that going as we depend upon the Holy Spirit in our prayer lives. And the reason God wants us to do this is because to God, all of your life is sacred. You like to compartmentalize. This is the sacred. This is the secular. And so we don't need to worry about taking our secular lives before God. We can take care of that ourselves. And that's the reason why we become such victims to Satan's deceit. Because we've already bought into one of the lies. That somehow this aspect of our lives is not important to God. God created you. He created every aspect of your life. There is nothing that falls outside of the concern of God for your life. God wants to flood your life with his thoughts, with his ways. He wants you to understand that. And apart from prayer, that will never happen. God also wants you to bring everything that's on your heart to him. And share with him those things because God cares about you. And he cares about those individual things that are going in your life. God cares about how you relate to your friends. He cares about how you relate to your enemies. Can you pray about those things? I would suggest you better pray about those things. When you wake up in the morning and you're looking for the energy to face the day. Well, let me just see if I can't just muster up the energy to get up out of bed and get things moving. And, you know... Why not, Lord, give me the strength to do the things that I need to do today. Lord, I, I don't even, I'm not even motivated to get out of bed this morning. Lord, would you motivate me to get up and get going and doing the things that I need to? You ever stop to think about how Satan deceives us that way in the morning? You wake up, you just got a bad attitude already. You haven't even got out of bed. It's already. See, you ever thought about asking God to help you change your attitude? You think maybe God wants to change your attitude before you get out of bed? Can you imagine the difference that, God might be able to make in our lives if he changed our attitudes before we got out of bed. If we allowed him to. If we bring every part of who we are to God. You know, Jesus modeled this for us. He prayed on every major occasion in his life. At his baptism, when he was tempted in the wilderness, before and after he fed the 5,000, when the parents brought their children before the Lord, uh, before he raised Lazarus from the dead, in the upper room on the night before his crucifixion, in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion, even as he was hanging from the cross, Jesus prayed. He brought all of life to God and allowed all of God to come into his life as he lived out his life day by day. And that's what God invites us to do. So that you would understand that there is nothing in your life that is inappropriate to be brought before God for prayer. Nothing. As a matter of fact, we would do well to bring all of life. Let God influence everything we do, every moment of every day. God cares about that. God also tells us, Paul also tells us, we need to pray with all kinds of prayer and request. As he says, praying always with all prayer and all supplication. In other words, that the elements of prayer that we talked about a few weeks ago, the elements of prayer, all of them, 
are appropriate for the spiritual battle that we're going through. Stop and think about it. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, which breaks down into intercession when you pray for others and petition when you pray for yourself. Um, but every one of those plays into it. Why? Well, let's stop and remember what prayer is. Prayer is the most important conversation we're going to have with the most important person in our lives, the most important relationship we have in life. And in in relationships, key to relationships, as already indicated, is communication. But not just any kind of communication. There needs to be a a good balance of communication. Um, Marilyn, do we have a relationship? By the way, this is my wife, Marilyn. (laughs) And so out of that relationship, uh, do do you enjoy getting encouraging words from me? Okay, and, and that's, that's, the, that's the equivalent of praise. Uh, when I mess up, not that I ever do, but it, <laughs> if I were ever to mess up, would you want me to just say, you know, Marilyn, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Would that make a difference in our relationship? Uh, you'd like that, okay. <laughs> and I would like some praise sometimes to say, Mike, you were right, but that's all right, another story. <laughs> We'll, we'll do marriage counseling later, okay? <laughs> did I thank you this morning for ironing my shirt last night? See, th- th- is that important to you? Okay. When I need help, do you like that I can call on you and ask you to help me? Yeah. Do, do you feel good because you feel like you can ask me to do things for you too? So those are important aspects of prayer. Every one of them, Right? Stop and think about our relationship with God. When our relationship with God is only about asking, if we never have those words of adoration, never confession, never thanksgiving, it's always gimme, 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 gimme. Listen, in a relationship, if that's all the relationship was about, I would tell you that at best you have a dysfunctional relationship. Now stop and put these into practice in terms of the... uh, battle that we're facing why is adoration praise so important well what does the bible tell us about praise that god inhabits the praises of his people i'm not going into this battle by myself matter of fact there's a good illustration of that in the book in the old testament about um jehoshaphat king jehoshaphat carrying the army to face the opposing army and you know who they put in front of the army the choir as they sang praises to God. Go find that passage in the Old Testament and read about what God did in the midst of that because God inhabits the praises of his people. Communication with central command is absolutely important for an army, is it not? When you lose your lines of communication, you may lose the battle in the midst of all that. Do you know what inhibits our communication with command central? our sinfulness and so therefore confession becomes absolutely vital doesn't it because when we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness the 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 communication line is reestablished so we might have that thanksgiving how does that play into it every battle that i win do i win it on my own power or for the power that he provides and thanksgiving reminds me of that because when i'm mindful of that i might not be so Stupid is to think that I can win this battle without him. 
And so it keeps me grounded. Thanksgiving always does that. Keeps me humble. Keeps me dependent. And, and then I'm not the only one in this battle. You, you're in this battle too. I can pray for you. I can ask God to give you the strength and the resources you need to face the battles that you're going to be facing. As well as I can ask for God for myself to give me those resources. Um, so that I might be effective in the battle that God's called me to fight. And so praying all those ways are important when you think about the spiritual battle that you're facing. Next, you need to allow the, well, after you allow the Holy Spirit to enable you and you pray with all kinds of prayers, uh, you need to be wide awake and on guard as you pray. Paul calls on prayer warriors to be watchful. Or moder- another translation says alert. Um, we need to be in alertness. Why? Because of the wiles of the devil, the deceptiveness of the devil, and the things that he's doing. Th- that word to be alert or to be watchful is the word that was used of a sentry. He would stand watch over the camp while the rest of the soldiers would l- go to bed for the evening. Now, getting a good night's sleep was vital for the soldiers. Can you imagine why? Getting the, sh- the rest they needed to be ready for the battle for the next day. They needed that. But how could you do that when you know there's an enemy out there that might come at any moment because you trusted in your sentry to stay awake, to keep a watchful eye? And so it is for you and I as we're praying and as we're living our lives day by day and we're praying always, continually, that we're always mindful that Satan is out there looking for some opportunity to waylay us. He's looking for some opportunity to catch us off guard to catch us unawares. Do you know that even in your prayer life he can do that? Have you ever been praying? And all of a sudden, a thought comes into your mind that is anything but godly. Uh, maybe all of a sudden you're praying for somebody and you remember what that person did to you. And all of a sudden those feelings of unforgiveness begin to flow up. That bitterness. Where, where, where did that come from? Men, you've been praying, and out of nowhere, an impure thought comes into your mind. And you well, I'm talking to God. Where did that come from? You've got an enemy who's going to use every resource. Now, you're responsible for what you do with those thoughts. But that's what your enemies do. That's the reason Jesus said we need to watch and pray. You need to be aware of the fact. He goes on to say that, uh, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. Your spirit wants to be obedient to God, but the flesh is weak. And the flesh will follow that that tempting thought if you're not careful. Peter wrote, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in faith. But if you're not wide awake you may not have the opportunity to resist him you ever been caught off guard and all of a sudden those words came out of your mouth why 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 would you say those kind of things because you weren't watching you weren't alert satan caught you off guard at that moment and you gave in to the temptation finally paul says we need to pray with tenacity and endure endurance being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Your enemy is not going down without a fight. You need to understand that. 
He opposes what God's doing. He opposes what God's doing through you in prayer. And so he's going to come against you because you're trying to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Satan's saying anything but that, and he's going to try to stop that at all costs. And one of the things he does is get you distracted. Have you ever been distracted in prayer? You're trying to pray, and all of a sudden your mind wanders off. Where, where does that come from? Is it just, you just have an inability to, to focus? You've got ADD when it comes to your prayer life? Or, or maybe you think you have an enemy that's out there trying to lead you to chase those rabbits rather than focus on the things God's placed upon your heart to pray for. And, and that's one of the reasons it makes prayer so hard. It's one of the reasons why we give up on prayer sometimes, because we think, oh, what good is this? I, I can't stay focused. Well, that's all the more reason to, to, to stick in there and, and to keep trying and to keep depending upon the Holy Spirit and calling upon the Holy Spirit to give you the resources and the strength to do that. Uh, let me give you two examples of guys that persevered in prayer. One of them was a guy named Jacob. You remember him from the Old Testament? The last time he had seen his brother Esau was 20 years before, after Esau wanted his head, and rightfully wanted his head, by the way. And he was going back home, and, and he was scared to death. He, at a place called Peniel, he struggled with God all night in prayer and refused to let go until God blessed him. What might have happened to Jacob had he given up the struggle before the blessing came? I don't know. I bet you Jacob doesn't want to find out. Daniel. In the 10th chapter of the book of Daniel, Daniel shares that he had received a vision. The vision troubled him. He didn't understand it. He began to pray. It was three weeks before an answer came. An angel came and spoke to Daniel said, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. He's talking something about the spiritual warfare that goes on in the spiritual realm that we can't see, that apparently the forces of evil... Satan's forces were trying to hinder this angel from coming to Daniel with the word, with the, with the revelation of what the vision was all about. It took three weeks. What if Daniel would have given up after week one or even after week two? What if he hadn't stayed with it for three weeks praying? Do you think the revelation of what the vision meant would ever have come to him? But let me ask you another question. How many spiritual victories have you forfeited because you gave up when you should have stayed with prayer? Jim Henry was the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Orlando for a long, long time. Several years ago, I was there for a prayer conference, and Dr. Henry shared with the rest of us pastors that day. And his heart was heavy as he began to share about something that had happened within the last couple of weeks um, that he had to let one of his associate pastors go because of a moral failure. And he went on not to, to berate the man, or not, to, but, but rather to, to, to help us learn something from that experience as he talked with the, with the fellow to find out what was going on, what, what had led to that. The man said, you know, I got so busy doing the work of ministry that I neglected to spend time with God. I wasn't spending time alone with him in prayer. 
I wasn't time, spending time alone with him in the study of his word. It was the lack of prayer and the study of God's word that made him susceptible to the wiles of the devil. And he fell morally, all for lack of perseverance, of a tenacity, of an endurance in prayer. Let me ask you a question. He was but one person. What about other folks that were members of that First Baptist Church? Shouldn't they have also been praying for him? Do you think that maybe if more of them were praying for him with the tenacity and the endurance that, they, that he needed, might have averted that which cost him? It cost First Baptist Orlando. It cost the kingdom of God. All for lack of persevering, enduring prayer. Believer, you are at war. You have an enemy. He wants to destroy you. That's his purpose. He stands opposed to all the purposes of God. His purposes are to kill, steal, and destroy, and he's out to destroy you. Just that simple. And he wants to cause you to stumble and fall. He cannot take away your salvation, but he can wreak havoc on your relationship with God and your fellowship with God. And so, therefore, that's why you need to be devoted to prayer. Be devoted to prayer because God says, I'm not going to leave you without the resources you need. You've got me, you've got my Holy Spirit, but there's some other resources that you're going to need to put together. You need to pray to maintain the relationship with me. You need to pray that you want to obey me. You need to pray so that you can honor me. You, you need to pray because you're dependent upon me. You need to pray because that's how you co-labor with me in the work that I'm doing in the world today, my friends. But you need to be devoted to prayer so that you can stand strong and victorious in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, of all the reasons we need to pray, save the relationship aspect of prayer. Lord, this one just heavy on my heart today. Maybe the most important one outside of just maintaining the relationship, Father, is the fact that we've got an enemy that wants to destroy us. And we are so dependent upon the resources that you have for us. And so, Father, make us devoted to prayer. So that, Father, at the end of the day, we can remain standing and be victorious. Forgive us, Lord, where we have given up too soon and lost the battle because we didn't stay on our knees as long as we should have. We didn't stay before you. and We didn't keep the issue before you as we should have. And we gave up too soon, Father. Forgive us for our weakness. Lord, today I'm praying you'd strengthen us. And pray, Father, you'd strengthen our resolve to depend upon your Holy Spirit to teach us how to pray and what to pray. But Lord, also teach us to be dependent upon prayer as the resource to strengthen us for the spiritual battle we're going to face each and every day. Thank you, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.